Turn with me while you're standing to 1 Peter chapter number 4. And we're going to be reading in verses 1 through 5. 1 Peter chapter number 4, which is our foundational text. And we'll begin reading in verses 1 through 5. When you get there, say amen. amen. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, reveries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. But they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Father, that your presence is here. Father, I am your vessel willing to be used by you. God, you have a word for us, and I pray, Lord, that nothing in me will hinder the flow of your word. Father, we are astute this morning because, Lord, not only did we come to church, Lord, to, uh, Lord God, just to assemble together and enjoy the benefits of fellowship, which is so very important, but, Father, we've come to listen because, Father God, we need manna for the coming days. We need wisdom. We need understanding. We need to know where the spirit of God is working so that we can join in and be a part. God, I thank you for what you're going to say and do in and through us this morning. Speak clearly, boldly, and precisely to us today so that, Lord, we will know exactly what you would have us to do. We thank you and we love you. And all God's people said amen. amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. I'm beginning a new series today entitled High Def Christianity. And the subtitle of my message is Called to Be Different. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm called, I'm called to, be to be different. I remember, and I don't know, some of you, y'all got to, you know, you, you guys would know exactly what I'm talking about, but. I would say the high-definition high television came out, I don't know, probably about a good maybe 10 years ago, maybe. And I remember when high-definition television first came out. You know, you'd be walking in Circuit City or Best Buy, uh, you know, whatever department store it was. And no matter where you were in the store, when you saw a high-def television, it captured you. You would stop dead in your tracks, even if you weren't there to buy a television. How many know what I'm talking about? You walk inside the store, man, you see the high def, and I can remember, man, and, and myself and other people would get, walk inside the store, and you would stand in front of that TV, and you would be like, wow. You would be like, that is, that is awesome. Uh, and, and, and you would just stand there, and, and 
you'll go on shopping, and sooner or later you'll find yourself back there again looking at that high-definition TV, even if something was on that TV you didn't like. It was because it was high definition, the, the quality of it, that, that you saw that and, and, and it made you stop, amen? You, you stopped and you took a look. How many of you still do that today? How many, of you, how many of you brought a high definition television because you was in the store and you saw it and you said, I got to have that? <laughs> Long gone out of days. And you know, and it's funny because you remember they, they said, we thought that we were really doing something when we went to cable. You remember cable? Before cable, we had the rabbit ears. Now, some of y'all might be dating myself, but we used to have the rabbit ears television set, you know, where you had to kind of turn the little thing, and, and you know, there was snowy channels, it was wavy. How many you know what I'm talking about? But, and, and boy, we thought we were really, we was really going someplace when cable came out. I was like, wow, man, cable is good, it's sharp. But man, when high def came out, it was like, whoa, man, and boy, before we know it, we got houses now. Some of y'all got them. You can't even tell if it's a picture or it's a TV. You got them up on your wall and some 50 and 60 inch TVs because high definition captured your attention. Amen? Amen. How many know that God wants you and I to be a high def Christian? He wants you to be high definition. He wants your life to resonate in such a way that even if people don't agree with you, how many know that when you walk with God, they have to deal with you? See, when you walk with God, when your character is so in sync with God, automatically, watch this, you will become a high-def Christian. You remember the Sermon on the Mount, for an example. When Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, and if you go back and read Matthew's chapter 5 and 6 and 7, that at the end of that sermon, the Bible says the people were amazed. They were like, wow, we have never heard a man speak like this. This is like, wow. And you know what the Sermon on the Mount was about. Bless those that curse you. Love your enemies. How many know all that stuff everybody likes? <laughs> Love your enemies and and, and do good to those who do bad to you. And, 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 and what was so profound about that Sermon on the Mount was that it was so different. That Jesus was sharing the character of the kingdom of God. How many know that the character of the kingdom of God is vastly different than the character of the world? That they, they are on opposite ends of the spectrum. And so when Jesus comes on the scene and Jesus starts preaching, the people start saying, wow. And, and they were so amazed because Jesus was sharing who he was. He was talking about his character. How many know that being a high-deaf Christian doesn't mean that you have to go and yell at somebody, amen? Being a high-deaf Christian don't mean that you have to get in their faces, although every now and then you might have to. But being a high-deaf Christian, how many know that you can be a high-deaf Christian by the way that you live your life, your character? How many know people pay attention to your character? They listen more to what you do than what you say. In fact, I heard a, a famous uh, 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 writer said this. He says, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. The most powerful preaching that you can do is what is in your character. Amen. See, you become high def. The more you like Jesus, the more high def you are. And how many know the more you like Jesus, people will take note. Even if they don't like you, how many know they got to deal with you? 
There's something about you. I, I, what, 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 you know, what is it about you? I, you know, what is it about your life? You don't seem to laugh at the same jokes. You don't seem to, you know, we kind of leave work a little bit early, but you don't seem to leave work. Why do you, why do you stay to the last second? Everybody else kind of takes an ink pen with them every now and then, but you don't take the pens at work because you don't want to be accused of stealing. How many you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about being different. Everybody say different. See, you are called to be different. Here's the challenge for every one of us. Because by nature, how many know that all of us want to be accepted, right? We want to be loved. We want to be a part of the group. We want to make sure we don't like it. Jesus says, blessed are you when men persecute you and say all men are evil against you and separate you from their company. He said, now rejoice and be glad. But, but there's something about that that we don't like. Because our nature says, man, I, I want to be a part of the crowd. I, I want to kind of hang out where you are. I, I, I want to be accepted. And so some of us, we struggle with this whole thing of being different. We struggle with being different because being different means that sometimes not everybody's going to like you. Being different means that sometimes people will talk about you. How many of you like to hear people talk about you? Nobody does. But if you want to be a high-def Christian, like how many of you want to be high-def Christians? High definition. That you want people to notice you. The Bible says, in fact, there's one verse, and I just want to read this to you. You don't have to turn there, but it says that in Acts chapter 4, 13, you can write it down. Watch this. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and of John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Let me ask you a question this morning. When people look at your life, when people watch you, can they look at you and say, that person has been with Jesus? That person, I can tell, there's something unique and different about that person. You see, the Bible says in Romans 8, 29, that the God predestined us. Everybody say predestined. predestined. He predestined us to be conformed. Everybody say conformed. conformed. To the image of Christ. Now, now, here's the thing about that. We talk about the image of Christ. He's not talking about some picture where we try to look physically like him, okay? That's not what he's talking about. When he says that we have been predestined, to be conformed to his image, that, is, that means to be like him in our personality, in our character, the way that we deal with people, the way that we care about people, the way that we talk to people, the way that we, we treat people. How many know that, that we're called to be like him? How many know that after you watch high-definition TV, it's hard for you to watch standard version? How many know what I'm talking about? You know, if you, if you, once you, I don't know about you, but man, when I got high definition, it's hard for me to look at anything else. You know, at, at, at my office at work, we got a high definition TV we have in the conference room. It's funny because they got channels that are not high def, you know what I'm talking about? Like some, the same channel, but it, one may be high def and the other one's not. And it's like soon the one that the channel comes on that's not high def, it's like, oh, hurry up and get off it. I can't, I can't stand to watch that. How many know that God don't want you to be a standard version Christian? See, standard version tend to want to blend in. Standard version 
kind of like, you know, kind of like want to be accepted. You're kind of like, you know, you, 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 when, you, when you're standard version, uh, 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 you know, you, you're more concerned about just not wanting to be objected, not wanting to offend nobody, not wanting to, you know, you just kind of like want to just kind of, just kind of blend in. How many know that when you go inside of a, of a Best Buy, for an example, um, high definition don't blend in, it stands out. God wants you to stand out. The question is, are you comfortable with that? Are you comfortable being called a Christian that is different? Are you comfortable with that this morning? Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles. We'll come back to our foundational text. Because we're talking about the call to be different. Look at Matthew chapter number 5, if you will. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. When you get there, you can say amen. amen. If you don't have a Bible, we have it on the screen for you. If you like a Bible, we'll get you one of those as well. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Now, you recall that we said at the beginning of my sermon this morning that Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount, and it was one of the most profound things Sermons, I think, in my estimation, the most profound ever preached. Because Jesus comes into a very dark world, and he's preaching a gospel that they have never heard. And it is profound, because it shows his character. But look at verse number 14. Just in case you thought that God wanted you to be a secret service Christian. How many know what a secret service Christian is? You know what a secret service Christian is? I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to tell nobody unless you ask. I'm a Christian, but, you know, I kind of, you got your faith, I got my faith, we just be okay. I, how many know that that ain't, that ain't what Jesus called us to be? How many of you love your Bible? How many of you really love the Bible? Well, Jesus, listen to what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 5. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. We're going to have fun this morning. Is that Okay. All right, here we go. Watch this. Now, he says this concerning you. Verse 14, you are the light. Everybody say light. light. The light of the world. Now, I want you to hear that. He's, he, he didn't say your brother. He didn't say your mother. He didn't say your son. He didn't say your daughter. He said who? You are the light of the what? You get that? You're the light of the what? Not just the light. Obviously, you start where you are. But this light is to shine ultimately throughout the world. God wants his light. He wants his character. He wants to be known throughout the world. It's our job as believers to make him famous. Amen? And we said to make him famous, that means that your life speaks nice and loud that you've been with Jesus. So he says that you are the light of the world. How many of you have ever brought a light and then cut the light on, then put it up under the bed, uh, a bed and try to hide it? When you buy a light, what do you typically do with the light? You buy the light, right? And you generally you bought it for a purpose because there's some darkness wherever you need light. So you buy the light, you take the lamp, and you set it up there so that it can give, give light to every aspect of that room. It's supposed to light up stuff. How many know 
if it's going to light up, it can't be darkened. It can't be quiet. It needs to light. Amen? It's designed to light. You are the light of the world. Watch this. Watch this. Not the government. Not the Republicans. Not the Democrats. Not the independents. Oh, I'm preaching real good. I see you looking. Just keep looking. It's going to get better. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. I want, to, I want that to resonate with you. You are. Nobody else but you. You are the light of the world. So my job is to make sure that the light is in me is shining bright. Amen? Amen. Because if I'm the light of the world, the Bible didn't say that nobody else was the light of the world but you. Jesus said, Jesus says, watch this. He said, I'm leaving. I'm going back to be with my father. I want you to occupy till I get back. In other words, I want you to shine brightly for me. Now, how are we going to do that? We're going to do that by the way that we live our lives. Now, look at this. He says, verse 15, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that it will give light to all. Everybody say all. Who are in the house, let your light so shine before men. Before who? Men. You see that? Let your light shine before men, before the people that you know, the people that you interact with, the people that you work with every day, your children, your sons, your daughters, your community. Watch this. He says, let your light so shine before men, watch this, that they may see, everybody say see, your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let me put it to you in in very practical terms. God is calling you out. Now, I know, I, heard, I hear some of you sometimes, you say, but Pastor, you, 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 you don't understand. I'm just really quiet, and I'm reserved, and I'm just not that, I'm not that outspoken. That's not true. I hear you sometimes, I'm sitting right in the office, I can hear you loud and clear. <laughs> See, God is calling you out. God is calling you out. God is saying, I want you to be very different. I want you to exude the kind of character that people see your life and they stop and say, wow, wow, look at that. What kind of person are you? What kind of freak of nature are you? What's your motivation? How many know when you live like that, people will start asking questions about you? And, and watch this. I didn't get in your face and say nothing. I just lived holy. <laughs> Y'all help me this one. I just lived a life like my, 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 my father told me to live as I read the scriptures right here. Now, now let's go on back to 1 Peter chapter 4. Come on back. Uh, I, no, no, I tell you what. Hold that thought one second. Go to Romans chapter number 12. Now, how many know, what's the title of our, what's the subtitle of our sermon this morning? No, 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 no. I said, what's the subtitle? So y'all, but y'all taking notes. Y'all go take notes, take notes, right? You learning something. So y'all won't be getting that wrong. That's an X. I'm going to give you another test. All right, what's the title of the series? High Definition Christianity. What's the subtitle? Call to be different. All right, now watch this. This may seem deep, but it's really not. But how many of you want to change and be more like Christ? 
Everybody in here. Boy, I got I got That's good because I would have been concerned if nobody said nothing. I would have been worried. See, you can't change. In order to change, you got to change from inside what? Out. Right? But the mistake that some folk make sometimes is that they want to try to change outside in. In other words, I'm going to try to be this. I'm going to try to do that, and I'm going to try to be this. But how many know until you have a change of heart, a change of mind, you won't really change? Until, watch this, until you get rid of certain mindsets. And Carl was talking to a brother the other day, and I don't want to tell you what the subject was. But he was talking, and I simply said to him, I said, you're not even in agreement with God. How many know not to be in agreement with God is a bad thing? See, all of us may be struggling to reach. All of nobody is perfect in here, amen? We all have shortcomings. We all struggle. But, 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 but I understand something that, but when it comes to what God says, I don't try to frustrate the grace of God, as the Apostle Paul said. In other words, when God says something, I, it's not my job to question it. Amen? When God say how something is supposed to be, if I'm going to be a high-deaf Christian, who knows about Christianity more than Christ? He can tell you what it is. So if God said this is the way it's supposed to be, right, this is the way it's supposed to be. Watch this. Whether you agree with it or you don't. <laughs> in other words, you got to come to a place in your life where you learn to acquiesce to the word, even if it's not popular. That's why I said before that, that this world system is contrary to everything that concerns Christ. Understand that. So they're going to promote ideas, right? They're going to promote mindsets, right, that runs totally opposite than what God says. So in your job is to be high deaf in the midst of all of that so that people still have to contend with you. I said before, if you don't believe it, trust me, if you walk in sync with God, even if people don't agree with you or even if they don't like your message, they're going to take note. They will take, they're going to look, they're going to take note because you can't deny high definition. You can't deny the power of the cross. Amen. You can't deny Jesus. Now watch this. He says in verse number 12, chapter 12 of Romans, verse number one, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now watch this. I like this. He says, Paul is saying here now, I beseech is the same word for beg. Everybody say beg. How many know the Apostle Paul is begging us. He said, look, here's what he's saying. Paul is saying, I'm begging you because of the mercies of God. How many know God has been merciful? Because God has rescued you. Because God has been good to you. Because God forgives you every day of the sin that you committed, not only the ones in the past, but he, commit, he forgave you for the ones you commit today, and he'll forgive you for the ones you're going to commit in the future. God has been good to you. He has been merciful. Amen. He gave you hope when you had no hope, when you were lost in your sin, when you couldn't figure your way out. God came to you. He rescued you. Amen. He came running after you when you wanted nothing in the world to do with him. He said, I've called you. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Amen. God has been so faithful to us. 
I don't mind standing here and testifying to his goodness. Amen. I don't mind standing in the middle of wherever I need to be and say, God has blessed me. God has been good to me. Paul says this, because of the fact that God has been so good to you. And you said to me earlier in the affirmative, yes, God's been good to me. He says, Paul says, now, I beg you because of the mercies. How many know his mercies I knew every day? That you present your bodies, everybody say your bodies, a living sacrifice. All right? Now think about that. How many of you know? I think we sung that this morning. Your life is not your own. How many know your body don't belong to you? We're going a little deep this morning. Is that okay? Everybody's okay with that? Okay. Your body don't belong to you. Your body is not your own. Paul said, I beg you, now put that thing on all. How many know your body, your fleshly nature wants to do what it wants to do? Amen? Amen. How many know it ain't going to ever change? Let me give you a red alert. Some of you may not realize that. Your fleshly appetites won't change. They're always going to be the same. How you overcome it is that you feed the spirit and you starve the flesh till you get dominance over it. You follow me? So the way that, so, so your flesh and nature, your, how many know your sinful nature still want to do everything it did before it came to Jesus? In fact, if you decided to go back into the world today, you won't have to remind your sinful flesh of nothing. It remembers exactly where you left off. Your flesh, your, 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 your sinful body, it wants to crave stuff that is outside the will of God. But how do you know that, that you got to suppress it? You got to starve it. And Paul said, you got to put it up on the altar every single day. My flesh is screaming. I want to do this. But you say, no flesh today. You're going to worship God. Today, you're not going into the whorehouse. Today, you're not going into the crack house. Today, I'm not going to tell you off. I could. <laughs> I could tell you off. I could give you a piece of my mind. But today, today, I'm laying my flesh up on the altar. Paul says, lay it on the altar. Look at the neighbor and say, lay it on the altar. He says, I, I, I beseech you, I beg you, holy and, watch this, a, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to who? God. How many know that our job is to live a life that is pleasing to God? Now watch this. My job is not to please you. See, when I go to bed at night, I sleep good. You know, people sometimes will come to me every now and then. Say, man, that was a hard word. I, 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 have, I have trouble swallowing that. I just ask the Lord, I say, Lord, did I preach right? He, yes, I, I'm out. Because my job, see, I'm free. See, your pastor is most free when I'm up here. I am free of your attitudes. I am free of your negative thoughts about me. I am free because I'm sacrificing right now upon the altar. I don't care about me. I am here to deliver a message from him. Are you tracking with me this morning? So I'm free. Pastor, you get nervous? No, I don't get nervous. I'm free. I'm free because I'm a living sacrifice. I want, I'm a, I'm, I want to make sure that, that God says, boy, you did what I told you to do. God, did I do what you want me to do? Yes, God. See too, too many, see, too many people can't do that because if you're trying to please people, you run behind people. But see, if you learn how to walk with God, 
you don't follow the crowd, you follow God. God ain't always in the crowd. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that God is not. I'm just saying God ain't always in the crowd. Now watch this. So he says, watch this, which is your reasonable service. Everybody, everybody knows that. How many, he's, Paul said living sacrificially is reasonable. You know what that means? That ain't even nothing that's extraordinary, but sometimes we make it that way. Well, it's hard for me today. He says, this is your reasonable service. Now watch this, look at verse number two. Y'all still with me? He said, and do not be conformed. Now watch this. Our title, the subtitle of our message is change. Is, is what? What's the subtitle of our message? Call to change. And watch this. Do not be conformed. How many know? Now, the word conform, I'll look this up for you so you won't have to look it up yourself. I made it easy for you. Amen? Amen. Watch this. The word conform means to be similar or identical. See? To be in sync with. In other words, let's read it this way. And do not be similar or identical to this world. Oh, my goodness. That's a, that's a good word there. Do not be similar but, uh, and, uh, and identical to this world. See, how many know that's not what we're striving for? I'm not trying to be like the world, amen? I'm trying to change the world. Look at neighbors that change the world. How many of you want to change the world? So if you want to change the world, you can't be trying to, ad- listen, you can't be trying to adopt the customs and the attitudes of the world. And the mindsets of the world, we're not talking about legalistic things. You know how some people say, you can't do this, you can't. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a mindset that contradicts what God's word says. That's what we're talking about. He says, now, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. You know what the word transform means? To change outwardly, to change outward form, watch this, and appearance. He says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what acceptable, good, and perfect will of God. So i got to renew my mind. So, so here's the thing. So if I'm going to change, watch this. Because everybody here said, I just asked you a second ago. I said, who want to change the world? Everybody said, yeah, I want to change the world. Okay, then here's how you change the world. You've got to change inside first. You've got to change the way you think. Until you come to a place where you change the way you think, you will never change the world. Even if you do a couple of things on the outside that look like you're in conformity, after a while, how many know that whatever's in your heart eventually is going to come out? See, Jesus says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen? So whatever's in your heart eventually is going to override whatever your actions are because your heart is symbolic of the real you. Everybody say, the real you. The real you is what's in your heart. So now, so then if I'm going to change the world, I got to first, I got to get the mind of God, right? I got to get the character of God. So that means I got to think like Jesus. I got to act like Jesus. I need to embrace what he said. I can't be sitting here saying, I don't agree with that. I don't like that. I need to get rid of my thinking if it runs contrary to what he wants. See? That's how I change. How many know that's real Christianity? Well, it's getting quiet in here. Did y'all, under, did y'all get that? Did I say something? Did I speak, a, did I speak a, a foreign language? I'm not really sure. So, because I'm just reading you what the Bible says. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't do it. Be transformed. 
by the renewing of your mind. Now let's go over to 1 Peter chapter number 4 in our foundational text. And we're almost done here. 1 Peter chapter number 4. Come on, run there. Run there real quick. I think we have it here on the screen. We have the verse. I, I, how many know I like, the, I like the Bible because the Bible is real? Amen. Amen. And you know, you know I love the Bible so much because the Bible is timeless. The Bible transcends time. Amen. How many know that the Bible says that he's the same today, yesterday, and what? Forever. He never changes. And God speaks to us right where we are. Now watch with this. Now watch. Look at verse number three. For we have spent enough. Everybody say enough. enough. Of our past lifetime. Everybody say past. Now, now, <laughs> y'all remember y'all did in the past, right? This was uh, pre-Christian. For we have spent enough. This is Peter saying, of our past lifetime and doing the will of the Gentiles. He's, in other words, we, I mean, he, said, he said, it's time now to step up and embrace your new identity. How many know that you've been, if you're in Christ, you have a new identity? He says, it's time to step up and embrace. Everybody say embrace. embrace. Your new identity. He said, now, 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 in time past, we've had enough. How many of you had enough of that old life? I mean, you know, I'm just saying. I mean, that old life, I don't know about you, but I was miserable. The Bible said there's pleasure in sin for a season. I had about as much pleasure when I was doing it, but the next, I mean, it was a very short season for me. Because, I mean, oh, sin, sin is fun, but boy, it's a price to pay, ain't it? Amen. And many of us came to Christ because you knew you were messed up. You knew, man, that you was off the hook and you needed help. <laughs> You knew where God been. And how many know? So, so, you get, so we all can say this morning, I had enough. Say enough. enough. I, I put that old life aside now. I put it aside. Because I'm going to be a high-def Christian. All right? So in order to be a high-def Christian, I got I to be, be done with that old way of living. Now watch this now. Watch this. Because he kind of explains what it is. He says, now, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime and doing the will of the Gentiles when we walk in lewdness. You know what lewdness mean? Lewdness is sexual perversion. How many know that we ain't perverse in the kingdom? Amen. I said, how many know we're not perverse in the kingdom? <laughs> Lust. That means unbridled behavior. Just whatever our flesh wanted, we just kind of did it. Drunkenness. How many know the people of God don't get drunk? I said the people of God don't get drunk. Amen. I'm preaching. I'm going to preach. I'm just reading the Bible. Then he goes a step further. Rivalries. You know what rivalries mean? That's, that's those noisy and rowdy and loud and out of control kind of living. How many of you have been there, done that? Ain't ashamed to say it. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Drinking parties. These are those kind of parties you just specialize in getting drunk. You remember in college, when I was in college, I, I, I want to tell you, because y'all might not, y'all may leave the church. I told you what I did in because I want, <laughs> yeah, I want y'all to stick around. We ain't a big church, so I ain't trying to lose few we got, so, <laughs> you know. But when I was in college, well, let me just say this part. Let me say, I'm going to clean it up a little bit. But you know, when I was in college, we just had them drinking parties, all right? We used to rent us a little townhouse on the beach. And man, and we would just have these parties. Man, we would just see who could get the drunkest the quickest. Who could, who could consume the most alcohol. 
And we had a couple times we had to call the paramedics. Brothers got messed up so bad. How you know that ain't you no more? Amen. Come on, somebody. Say amen again. Amen. He said, watch this. An abominable idolatries. That means putting things ahead of God. How you know God ought to come first in your life? Come on, give God a praise. He comes first. He comes first. Watch this. Now, this is what I like. See, because now at this point, I see you're a high-def Christian. So watch this. Here's what it says in verse 4. In regard to these, and he's talking about the people. Watch this. He's talking about the people now who are looking at you now. They're looking at your lifestyle. And they see that there's been a change in your life. He says, in regard to these, they think it's strange. You do not run. Everybody say run. run. And they, yeah, I need a Bible still talking slang like that. Who you running with? <laughs> I'm running with Jesus, brother. Who you running with? Thank you very much. He says, watch this. He says, they watch this, that they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation. In other words, the same flood of empty living, and they speak evil of you. How many know they will speak evil of you? They think you're strange. They're like, how come you don't run with me no more? I mean, we used to get drunk. I mean, you know, we used to do our stuff. We used to do our dirt, man. We used to get all the girls. We used to get all the boys. What's up? Why are you changing? What's up? Don't run like that no more, brother. And the Bible said they will think it's strange. They'll look at you like, look at the neighbor and say, that's high death. See, and that's when you got to be comfortable being strange. How many of you are comfortable being strange? You know what I mean? Strange to say, you know what? Say what you want. Think what you want to think about me. But this is who I am, and I'm proud of it. Yeah. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not doing that stuff no more because I've been changed. Because I, I'm, I'm on a mission. Everybody say mission. mission. How many know that we're on a mission? Amen? Amen? And so that mission means that I have been changed, and I am cool with it because I know and realize that I've been called to change. Amen. I'm supposed to be different. Now, we're going to end it with this. Look at uh, 1 Peter. No, uh, we're in 1 Peter. Look at First uh, Peter. Yes, 1 Peter chapter 2. I love this verse. 1 Peter chapter 2. This is our last verse for today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You get there, say amen. amen. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? You ever met somebody who, had a, had, who has an identity crisis? People who have identity crisis, boy, they're just all over the map. Because they can't even tell you why they do what they do. <laughs> they don't have a clue. Because they're still trying to figure out who they are. Who are you? Maybe that should have been the title of this message. Who are you? He gives us some insight, Peter does, in this verse. <laughs> he says that you are a, watch this, a chosen generation. Say, I'm chosen. chosen. You know, the, the Bible says that God chose you, me, that's us who are saved. God chose you before the foundations of the world. <laughs> I want that to settle in your heart for just a moment. In other words, before the world ever took shape, before anything ever came into being that is in being today, 
Guess what? God chose you way back then. Out of all the peoples of the earth, God looked down through the corridors of time, and he says, this one belonged to me. I say again, you are chosen. You are special. You are the apple of God's eye. How many of you believe that? How many know when you really believe that, it changed the way you walk? It changed the way you talk. Will you know who you are? Will you know that you are loved? Will you know that you've been chosen before the foundation of the earth? How many know you are special? It'll change the way you walk. It'll put a smile on your face. You'll get happy, get excited because you know who you are. Watch this. He said, now you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. How many know England, what they got over there with the Prince Harry and all that, you know, everybody wait to see what's that stuff, you know. Y'all don't talk about the stuff with the, the king and the queen and, y'all, come on, help me out. What is that? The, huh? What is it? Yeah, the coronation, but, you know, over in England, they have the king and the, and the, and the queen. What, 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 is it, what is that called? Whatever that is. Y'all, y'all don't talk. I think, because everybody get all excited about, you know, Prince Harry and his new wife and all this stuff. But well, let, me, let me say this. And, and we've we seen the royal wedding. I remember as a kid watching, I don't know if I was a kid so much, but when Princess Diana got married, you know, I mean, all the ladies, I mean, all the ladies on the block, everybody that I knew, they stopped what they were doing to go watch. And we didn't even have high def back then. They stopped, and they wanted to see Princess Diana. And I remember watching her walk down. I don't think, I think that, that train of her gown was probably six miles long. I don't think I ever saw the end of that thing. And people looked at it, and they said, man, that's royalty. Well, well that royalty has nothing on the kind of royalty that you're a part of. Either you're a royal priesthood. You got priestly blood running through your veins. Hallelujah. I said to you before, do you know who you are? Amen. Kingly. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm kingly. I'm, kingly. I'm, anointed. I'm anointed. I got royal blood inside of me. Come on, church. <laughs> but I like, I like he goes a little bit further. He says now, his own special people. His own. Oh, my goodness. Now, I like the King James translation. because King James says it this way. A peculiar people. <laughs> you know what the word peculiar means? Unusual. <laughs> I mean, know that we're unusual to a lot of people. I was talking to a brother the other day. He said, man, you're strange. I said, I know. I know because I'm high deaf. You, you're talking to me, aren't you? <laughs> you're talking to a stranger. You're spending all this time shooting me these emails, don't you? If you don't, if you don't like what I said, why are you talking to me? He just got, <laughs> why are you talking to me then? Why are you spending all this time talking to me? Because, see, I'm strange, and I'm attractively strange. Because the Spirit of God is with me. So you can't deny me. You can try to act like you don't see me, but you got to contend with me. I'm just like that high-def TV. When you walk inside the store, you're going to look whether you like it or you don't. You got to look. Look at the neighbor say, look. They're going to they look at how many know the Bible says we're written epistles read of men. How many know they're reading you? They're checking you out. Don't think for one second. Let me see if I can get away with this. When the minute you think that, you're wrong. Somebody already saw you. They're watching you. He says you are a, I like this, a peculiar or special people. Watch this. 
that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, here, so here's, here's what you've been called to do. You've been called to tell God, to tell people everything that God has done in your life. You've been called to talk about his goodness. When people want to know what is it about you, how, you, how do you get that job? How do you get promoted? The Lord just bless me. I've been praying and wanting that for a long time. How do you get ahead of me? The Lord just decided to bless me. How did you get born in such wealth? The Lord just decided to bless me. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm just blessed. Amen. Why is this happening? How did, it, how did that happen to you? I'm just, I'm just telling you, but let me tell you what God did for me. Let me tell you how I got over. Let me tell you how he brought me through. Let me tell you what he did for me. Let me testify. Did anybody out there have a testimony? You have been called to show forth his praise. Everywhere you go, you're to brag about God. Brag about him. I, had a, I, had a, I was thinking about my brother this morning, and uh, I'll say his name because I, I love him. I'm, I'm, I'm done, but I love him. But he was, he's, a, he's a preacher. He got a church out in, uh, in Leesburg. And uh, we, we, we kind of served in ministry years ago together. And uh, Bishop Treadwell, and, and, and every time, and, and it was amazing. Me and Bishop, Bishop Treadwell and a couple of us brothers, we get out in the middle of the parking lot. And we just start seeing who could say the most profound thing about God, and we just start preaching to each other. He's awesome. Yes, sir. He's high definition. Yeah. He's omnipotent. Yeah. He's omniscient. Yes. He's all not present. Yeah. He's strong. Yes. He is mighty. Yes. He is the lily of the valley. And we start talking about what we're doing. We're just bragging and boasting about what God has done in our life. How many know you ought to brag and boast? Don't be a standard version Christian. How many know if you're going to be a Christian, be the real deal. Be high def. High def look good, don't it? I know it look good because you got them in your TV. You got them in your house. They look good. Be high def and be proud of it. Amen. Come on, give God a praise for that. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're listening this morning and you don't know Jesus, that's what this whole thing is about. This is why we do what we do. This is why we do what we do. Because the Bible says the point of the man wants to die, and then after death comes judgment. Judgment. Judgment awaits those who haven't received Christ as Savior. And he sent us here this morning to preach the unfathomable word of God, the life of Christ, to expose the beauty of who Christ is so that you can see the depth and the height and the width of his love. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Gary, I have not given my life to Jesus. I've lived a form of religion. I have a form, but I haven't really surrendered my life. I've been, I've been putting on a show. I have some I have religious knowledge. I have some information, but I haven't pursued Christ in this way. I need to give my life to him. If that's you this morning, we don't want to embarrass you. We just want to pray with you. God is here to save you today. If you don't know him as your Savior, if you don't know him, if you don't know for sure that if you die today, if you don't know for certain that if today that your number was pulled, that you would go into heaven, you need to raise your hand up right now so that today you would know. This is serious business. It's not about gamesmanship. It's about life. It's about life. Is there one say, Pastor, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure where I end up. I don't know. 
And I want to get to know him today. I want to get to know him today. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Now maybe you're here this morning and you heard this message and you realize that perhaps you haven't been a high-definition Christian. You're Christian. You're going to heaven. But, but your signals have been confusing. You still got the rabbit ears television kind of thing going on. You're saying, Pastor, I, I, I just need to go a little deeper. I need to go a little deeper. If that's you this morning, we're not going to ask. We're not here to embarrass you. Just sit your hand up. I just want to pray with you that God will give you the grace to walk in his favor, to walk with boldness, to walk with confidence. If that's you, just slip your hand. We want to pray with you. The reason we ask you to raise your hand is it's an act of submission to God. Submission to God that you are hearing God's word and you are accepting his call this morning. Is that one? Is that one? Father, I thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have changed us. I thank you for these precious people, Lord, that have experienced your grace. All of us, time and time again, Lord, you have been faithful. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to, to walk like you walk. You would help us, Lord, to identify with your character, to be different for the sake of Christ. Give us the grace to do it, Father. We love you today, and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet and give God praise while you're standing. Come on, give him a hand clap. Amen, amen. Amen, hallelujah. Now, if anybody needs special prayer for anything, I'll be up here to pray and encourage you. Amen. We want to make sure that you are encouraging your walk, you are encouraging your faith. Amen. So we don't want you to leave this place if you got a burden. Amen. If you got something that you need God to help you with, how I many know that's what church is for? We're here to pray with you. We're here to encourage you. We're here to, to be whatever you need us to be for this month. Amen. Come on, just stretch your hands to the Lord. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of grace with exceeding joy. To him be glory, to him be dominion, and to him be power now and forevermore. And all of God's people says, amen. amen. Come on, give God a praise. See you next week. Come on, lead us out.